Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. God, thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your power. Move now in this service and the time that remains. I said in the first service, I'll say again, I don't subscribe to, you know, Preacher Magazine and get 52 different emails giving you the message, you know, from those emails of some canned thing that I'm supposed to preach from some website. That's not how it works. I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong. I'm just vehemently opposed because I believe that the moving, the stirring of the Holy Spirit that he speaks and he can certainly speak through a series and those messages that are, that are uh, you know, his hand can be upon that too. I'm not saying it isn't, but for me, that's not how it works. I, I seek the Lord uh, and we, we preach to you mostly thematic messages with an uh, expository messages with a thematic approach. So many times I, I preach expositorily mostly, uh, with a theme. So sometimes we'll go through a book. Other times we're doing themes like Holy Spirit Come. That was a series that we did on the Holy Spirit. And, and so I'm in between series, just finished, The Healing of the United States of America, which was an intense series, three, four-part series, maybe five, five-part series. And uh, that's available on YouTube. You can get that on Facebook. It's, it's up there. We have had some challenges with Facebook in the recent services I believe that's fixed, so God bless you. What's up? Peace to all the Facebookers out there. And uh, grateful for, for the modern technology of streaming around the world. And so I'm in between series and just seeking the Lord. And I, I felt to bring you not so much an expository message, but more of a prophetic word of where I believe we are in the, as the body of Christ here in this region and where we are in as a church here in the West in the United States of America. And I've entitled it, Rain, River, and the Well. Rain, Rivers, and Wells. And so we'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, let me emphasize that you do not want to miss service on Sunday morning next week. Tom Hammond is one of the most prolific, accurate prophets that there is in the earth today. He, I, you know, It's just amazing that he's with us. They hate the cold, very rarely come to Alaska, but they contacted me, Jane Hammond, maybe you've heard of her, amazing writer and prophetess herself. Bill Hammond is really one of the um, pioneers of the modern prophetic movement. All of the Hammonds are coming, all of them. Dad Hammond, Mom Hammond's going to be with the Lord. All the family and the, and, uh, and, and the parents are coming. And uh, when I found out, they called and they said, you know, we want to we wanna take a, uh, a plane trip and want to do some fun things. I said, oh, that's awesome. Who's coming? They said, everybody, our entire family's coming. I said, oh, really? Said, so can you help us? I said, sure. First, you want to do a conference for me on the weekend that you come. Just come and we'll have a conference that weekend. And they said, no, 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 no we're not coming to me. I said, oh, come on, come on. And so Tom's coming a little early. We twisted his arm effectively enough uh, and we're able to get him to come. And he'll be here. He doesn't know what he's in for. Three services and a partridge in a pear tree on Sunday. We call it Super Sunday. Four services. 
Anyway, he's coming, and it's, you do not want to miss it. I'm just going to tell you. He's going to bring the word of the Lord for the region. He'll bring the word of the Lord for, uh, and it's just amazing. God has a redemptive plan for Alaska, and it's amazing that we're, that we're why don't you just put your hands together for what God's doing in our state. Uh, let me say this. Uh, um, just recently, we've had another pastor in the Valley fall, and uh, that is a grievous thing. And um, I'm not going to name it and all that, but the devil is the accuser of the brethren. I'm certainly not that and would ne- will never be. When I found out uh, the fall that this brother had, that I, I knew him, and he's removed from his pulpit and is a leading church in the valley, uh, and now the church needs another pastor, I, I called him directly. I, I was, I was uh, with my wife uh, in a salon when I heard <laughs> anyway hallelujah <laughs> keep going and I heard a lady that was there and she said oh are you guys the pastors of so and so and I said yes and she said oh can you pray for our church and she she told me the name of the church and I said yeah she said we're looking for her. I said well what happened to your pastor because I know him and uh, she said well he had to resign quickly and i I, I, I knew what she was saying, and she was grieved, and the whole church is hurting, so I called him and uh, prayed for him, and uh, we pray for his healing and restoration, and, um, and so, you know what, I'm just going to tell you, so it's, uh, it's, it's a Christian church on, um, it's Creekside, they need our prayer, you know what, we're going to pray right now, how many of you know where Creekside is, they, they need our prayer, right, so, you know, for the grace of God, go I, but it's the eighth it's the eighth wipeout I've seen in 10 years. I'm talking pastors killed, crazy deaths in Arizona on a Sunday morning, pastors backsliding, churches splitting, eight of them. Eight, since I've been here for almost 13 years, eight of them. Reach your hands that way. So it's not a gossip thing, and if you make it that, then, then that's wrong. May the Lord rebuke you. We want to pray. Minister Barry. I want you to lead us in prayer. You've been a part of many churches. You know what it is to see somebody wipe out and the effect that that has on a, on a church. Come on, let's pray. How many of you have been a part of a church that's gone through something hard? See, it's the devil that's a liar. So come on, let's pray. Father, we come before you on behalf of this church, Lord God. Father, we pray for the congregation there, Lord, the group of believers that gather there, Father. They need you now more than ever, Lord. They need your direction. They need your comfort, Holy Spirit. Would you, Holy Spirit, just sweep in and just speak peace and comfort to them. Lord, we know that we don't put our hope and trust in man. We put our hope and trust in you. But, Lord, we also know that anytime there's ever been a move, anything that's ever been done, Lord, you raise up a man. And when men or women are raised up to lead a group in a congregation, the enemy takes it serious and works really hard to take them out. So, Lord, we pray for this this family, Lord God. We pray for this, this pastor, Lord God, that you would just bring complete restoration to his family. But, Lord, we pray for our fellow believers, Lord. We pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would lead and guide them. Lord, those that would seek to be discouraged, Lord, you would bring them encouragement. Those that would seek to speak gossip and rumor and slander, Lord God, you would silence their tongue, Father, and that the word of the Lord and the message of the gospel will continue to go forth from there. Lord, you'll bring the right person. You'll bring the person that will come, that will have the anointing from you to say what is needed to be said and to bring healing and let the balm of Gilead, the the healing balm of the Lord, flow over those believers right now, Lord. We lift them up before you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Come on, say a big amen.
We love the body of Christ. It's not wrong to mention that. In fact, the truth is, it's not wrong to mention if there's a gangrenous teaching going around and somebody purveying that. Hymenaeus, the apostle Paul would do that. If there, that would ever happen and I need to detail someone who's leading people astray, I'll be doing it. It's not a gossip thing. It's a, it's a love for the, come on, would you, be, would you pray this week for that church? They, they, it's not good that that happened. It's horrible. And the devil is a liar. They would stay strong and find another pastor. God is doing something amazing here. And when I say here, I mean in, the, in Alaska and doing something amazing in the, in the state and something amazing in the United States of America. A number of years ago, uh, a, a dear friend of ours who's considered one of our main house prophets, if I can call it that way, over King's Cathedral and chapels worldwide, is a man by the name of Jim LaFoon. You can look him up online. He's as humble as a shoe. Just, uh, there's, no, there's no glitz, anything about him. He's just so down to earth, an amazingly accurate prophetic gift. When he got touched by and filled by the Holy Spirit at age 17, he prophesied over every single person in the church that had this great move of God, and he basically went into ministry right from then. And he's been coming to us at our prophetic conference in the islands for uh, 25 years or so. Maybe a little shy of 25, 24 years. 1996, I think, was the year when he came, and he had an open vision as he was flying into the Hawaiian Islands. And the vision was a large water tower, and I will share this, and then I will tie it into the message. Rain, rivers, and wells. Understanding how God is moving in this region, moving in the earth today. Rain, rivers, wells. Father, move in power as I preach. Anoint these words, these lips of clay. May we never be the same. If you have the freedom to pray in the spirit, go ahead and do it now. We give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 96, he had an open vision of a giant water tower as he was flying into the Hawaiian Islands. You know those giant water towers, like not unlike the one that's here, uh, just on the, adjacent to our property. I've always believed that to be a prophetic sign. That God from the church would bring fresh water to a thirsty region, to a thirsty territory. A valley that was dry with, with bones that would pour out his spirit and called an exceedingly vast army, the army of God, to even contend for the things of the kingdom. And God's been doing that. And in this vision, they saw this water tower dominating the landscape. And on the, name of the, on, on the water tower was the name of our church. At that time, it was First Assembly of God, Maui. We've changed our name since then to King's Cathedral and Chapels. And so he saw this massive water tower, and in the water tower were all these spigots, like, like you would have coming off of your house, where you'd you know, put a hose on and turn on the water outside. All these spigots. But he noticed that some of them were running, some of them were dripping, some of them weren't working at all. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause people to be fitted, flooded, and flowing with the power of God through this place. And it would go all over the world. And he prophesied this message, and I remember it like it was yesterday, about how people were cross-threaded and certain people couldn't get connected to the move of the Spirit of God and, and how there was dysfunction and God was trying to heal it and others were flowing, but there was a need for, for many, many spigots to be opened up and flow. The message I bring to you today... Let me first of all talk about rain. Three ways that God moves in the earth. And, and please don't make it something that it isn't. One of the ways is rain. 
And I'll call, Psalm 68 talks about rain. Joel chapter 2 and verse 23 and following talks about rain, the former and latter rain. Rain is a picture of revival. And I love me some revival. Does anybody love revival? I love the, the rain of the Spirit of God falling. You know, rain on me. I don't think that's how that song goes. <laughs> Toby had me sing that right there for a second. <laughs> kind of works so. Rain on me when I'm not strong. Rain. One of the epicenters of rain, a revival in the nation, is Los Angeles, California. Azusa Street Revival, the Jesus Movement in, in Costa Mesa, California. How many of you got saved during the Jesus Movement? You'd be a little bit older than me. Jesus Movement. People getting baptized by the thousands in the Pacific Ocean. I mean, amazing. I, I, I just amazing. And yet, Los Angeles, California, being an epicenter of rain, if I could say it that way, is still the number one purveyor of pornography worldwide. I'm not talking about just the United States of America. I'm talking about the whole earth. More pornographic material is pumped out of Los Angeles than anywhere else in the world. How many of you know they need something more than just rain? Somebody said the great hope for America is that we would have revival, and I think I've even said that myself. But I, I've come to understand it a little bit different. We just don't need some rain in the United States of America. <coughs> we need a reformation. Can you say amen? Come on, can you give God an amen? We need an awakening, not just some rain. We need an awakening. Rivers. So rain is good, but it's kind of unpredictable. We picked on uh, Florida. What's it called? Brownsville. Great outpouring, great deluge of rain in Brownsville. Go to Brownsville today. There's still people all jacked up on, on crystal meth, people all messed up on heroin. Brownsville needs a serious move of God again. How many of you know they need, they need some more rain? They need something more than rain. America needs more than rain. You need more than rain. Thank God for, come on, thank God for the rain, as Zachariah said. In the time of rain, pray for rain. Come on, thank God for the rain of the Holy Spirit, right? River, rivers. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 1 and 2, it says, He showed me a pure river of water, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was a tree of life. It goes on to talk about the trees and leaves of the tree were used for the healing of the nations. And out of the Trinity, out of the Godhead, flows this river. And there's a bit of a river here. What do you mean by that? It's not just rains. If, if when Shuttlesworth, our dear brother Shuttlesworth, came... And there was like this rain. How many of you, those were powerful meetings? And we've had powerful meetings for years. 
That is, that is like a deluge, just like a cloud of heaven comes and just pours out on us. But there is an ongoing river in this place. There's an ongoing freedom and fire and power. It's not just a little bit of rain that some guests brought. There's a real river that seems to flow here. But God wants to do more than just a river. But rivers are powerful. In Ezekiel chapter 47, I want you to turn there. Ezekiel's 30 years old. He's from a priestly family, approximately 30 years old. Chapter 10, he sees the glory of the Lord leaving the temple. Then in chapter 43, the glory is returning to a rebuilt house. As I set up, chapter 47 is where you're going. 43, the glory of the Lord returns to like a rebuilt house filled with holy people. And the presence of God floods into the place, a sound of rushing water. Let me read that to you, 43, Ezekiel 43, 2. And I saw the glory of the Lord of God of Israel coming from the east, and his voice was like the roar of rushing waters. Then in 47, it says, He brought me back to the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. From the front of the temple facing east, and the water flowed from under to the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around to the outside of the outer gateway that faces east, and there was water running out. Another version says there was water trickling out the right side. Trickling. The river of God was, was about refreshing and is about refreshing, but it's more than that. And if you could take that text, which I actually did preach and teach to you expositorily in March. And you can go find that. It's called the river of God. I'm not doing that now. I'm using it as a prophetic text. The river, as the prophet is, is led out, it gets deeper the further he gets away from the temple. And that is how it should be. The river of God is not some place, something that you should have just in church that, that, that you know, you, get, you can... You play in the little river. It should be the further you get from the house, the more outpouring there is. For the prophet, he goes ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. Then he had to swim across it. About a mile away, he's swimming. The river of God is about reaching the lost. I want you to say that. The river of God is about reaching the lost. You say, what about my needs? Oh, it's about that too. But there comes a time, there should come a time rather quickly that as you grow in your discipleship, that it ain't about you anymore because all your needs are met. I, listen, I don't come to church because I need my needs met. My needs are met. I don't come to church because I need healing. I'm healed. Not if I need any further healing. I'll be getting that too. But I'm, I'm walking in a place of wholeness and healing. My marriage is blessed. My kids are blessed. You know, there's challenges that come our way, but we just deal with them and move through them. There's obstacles. There's mountains, and they all melt like wax in his presence. We move forward. Come on, from glory to glory. You're supposed to go from glory to glory. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. So, so churches for me is not about like me getting healed. That's all it was about at first. 
Like I came because I was checked up. I was toe up from the flow up. I needed healing. I'd answer every altar call. If you need healing or you're broken, I'm like, oh, man, that's me again. You know, I mean, I, anybody know what I'm talking about? I was just constantly coming, constantly needed healing, constantly needed money, constantly needed a better job, constantly needed the torment to be broken off of me. I came in so busted, so broken, and every service was about me. But then there came a time when I got healed. There came a time when I was set free. There came a time when I began to grow in maturity and to come to know who I am in Christ, began to walk with my head high, understanding that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And when I pray, heaven responds. My name is known in hell, feared in hell, and known in heaven. I've got power and authority. I'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Come on, if you don't understand who you are, and so the river, praise God for the healing that comes through the river of God of the church. And, and really that's been happening at King's Cathedral and chapels for many decades. Many. But all the rain and the river needs to produce in you what I would call a well. And I want you to go to John chapter 4 now. And if you could pay attention and glean from what I bring you now, it will change your life. And you will go to another level. You, how many of you want to level up? Yeah. Me too. John 4. There's this woman who comes. Verse 1. Now therefore... Go to verse 5. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar. Sychar means intoxication. Samaria was a city that Jews didn't go to. And without getting into all of it for the sake of time, Samaria was considered a forsaken city. And uh, Sanballat in Nehemiah's time was a Samaritan. When, when ancient cities would be, when ancient nations would be taken over, as in this case with Babylon, they would take some people from another region and mix it with people of that region and take people of that region, in this case Israel, and move them into another nation. And so they had a mixture of faith, a mixture of religion that was twisted, and they despised Samaritans. They hated them. That's why when Jesus talked and about the good Samaritan, it just was a slap in the face of every religious person. Because here's the guy who's done that which is on the heart of the Father, and he's a Samaritan. And he's, and he's poke, poking fun at their prejudice. And so Jesus, I love how the, the King James says, Jesus must needs go through Samaria. And as I bring this third part, how God's moving in the earth. He's bringing rain, but it's unpredictable. Thank God for it. Pray for it. He's bringing a river, and that needs to continue. Amen. But he wants to make you someone who's a well. So whether you're in church or out of church, wherever you go, out of your belly will flow rivers or out of you will be a well even unto eternal life. That, that in you, you don't have to come to church to get refreshed. You can lift your hands on the beach on your four-wheeler and get wrecked in the Holy Ghost because God made a way for you, that you. He made a way for you to boldly come before His throne. So if you're just getting fed, you're just getting touched at church services, that's not God's plan. 
Now, thank God for church services. Thank God for the anointing. Thank God for a place like this where you can come and get touched and get prayed for and get healed and have worship. But you ought to have that in your car on your way to the job in Anchorage. You ought to have that in the, and come on, when you need a touch from the Lord and you want to choke people at work, go up inside your bathroom uh, at the workplace and close the door and just be like, help me God. Hey, and then you get touched. Then you come out not being such a mean cuss. Cuss is a southern word. It's not good. It's a big fat jerk. Horrible fruit. Okay. Verse 6. So Jesus goes to Samaria and in application, God's coming to the places where you think he would never come to. He wants to come. It's like when you invite him into your house, he's going to look in the closets too. Like... Welcome to my home. Would you like something to eat? Just don't go upstairs. Don't open that closet. You might get killed by what falls out of it. Now, Jesus wants to go everywhere, even the places of mixture, even the places that are maybe not good. And this lady comes with her history like a, like a ball and chain around her, around her ankle. Comes to a city of Samaria called Sychar, plot of ground near Jacob's well. Jacob's well was there, verse 6. Therefore, being wearied on his journey, which I've always found fascinating. He's fully man, fully God, so his flesh is weary. He sat down by the well. Very odd for a Jew to go to Samaria, as I explained. It was about the sixth hour. It's the middle of the day. A woman of Samaria came in to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, which is pretty like bold and like in your face. You also have to ask, according to culture, what is she doing getting water in the middle of the day? It's not when you get water. We're soon to find out that she is a hoe. Look at verse 8. For his disciples, Pastor Karen is gone. God is on the throne. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it you being a Jew ask me for a drink, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would give you living water. And the woman said, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where will you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself? as well as his sons and his livestock. And Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. And let me say an application, he's talking about being born again. But prophetically, I want to talk about the move of the Spirit, not just being born again, the move of the Holy Spirit in your own personal life. Not the rain that falls in some region, not the river that flows from some church, but the well that's on the inside of you. God has called you, appointed you, and anointed you to be a well for your neighbors, to be a source of blessing, a source of life. And, and you should be satisfied. There's satisfaction in God. But whoever drinks of the water I shall give him will never thirst. All right. Go to verse, 11, verse 15. The woman said, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come to draw. She's obviously getting touched by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said to her, Go calls your husband. Oh, snap. 
call your husband, tell him to come here. She's like, uh, 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 I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you said, well, you're speaking the truth. I have no husband. For you've had five husbands, and the one whom you're with is not your husband, and you spoke truly. Wow. So Jesus puts his finger on sin in her life. And it says, oh, yeah, I'll give you this water, but you got a problem. And now let me just say this. If you want to be used of God in this end time release of his power, you're going to have to deal with your sin. Listen, sin matters. Anger matters. Perversion matters. Lust matters. Greed matters. Your gambling problem, I'm not looking at anybody. My eyes are closed. It matters. If you're feeling convicted right now, that's the Holy Spirit rebuking you, correcting you, and wooing you, calling you to come out from among them and be ye separate. So he corrects her about her, all these men that she's been with. And, and, she, and it makes sense now why she's there at the sixth hour. She's there in the middle of the day. She's not there with the rest of the women because I guarantee you they don't like her too much. There's that hussy. Don't, look, don't you look at her as she talks to her husband. And he's like, she's already destroyed how many homes? She's broken. She's broken. There's a lot of things that are stacked against her. She's a Samaritan. She's a woman. She has a, a serious problem with men. Listen, you could make it a man and apply the same thing. You missed a great place to say amen. She's seemingly disqualified coming to Jesus with her past, like, a, like I said, a ball and chain, just a long list of things that disqualify her. And yet, what happens? What happens is that Jesus ministers to her, speaks truth to her. Verse 19, she says, Sir, I believe you're a prophet. I bet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. And you Jews say worship in Jerusalem is the place we ought to worship. Jesus said, now listen, woman, believe me, the hour is coming. When you'll neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So Jesus points out to a, a real problem that we have in the Western church. Worship's not about a place. It's about a person. And if you relegate the rain, or the, out, the, the rain or the river to a building, and you will miss what God wants to do. God wants to make you a well. He wants to make you somebody who worships in church, out church, in your car, in the bathroom, make your kitchen a cathedral. He wants to make you somebody that worships him full time, not just a Sunday morning Christian, not just a priester, not somebody who just comes to church every so often to ease their religious conscience, but somebody who actually experiences God's power and authority so much so that they pull all the rocks out of their well of their own sin, enter on into a relationship with Jesus in a way that's not just like a, a a fire safety that actually has an abiding relationship with God that wherever you go he goes and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own oh the joy we share as we tarry there no other ever 
That's what God wants to be in your life so that you become a well. Not so that you're just coming. And listen, don't stop coming to church. You can't, you can't forsake the gathering of the assembly as some are in the habit of doing. You can't do that. Hebrews talks about that. We need one another. We need the body of Christ. We need church, yes. But church should never end in that when you leave this place, you don't go back to your bitter, angry, cursing, you know, flesh-filled music and, and end up, you know, smoking dope and, and drinking to try to make it through till Wednesday. Get a well on the inside of you so you don't have to go back to that stuff. Get healed and set free. Can you say amen? You say, he's not preaching to me, but that this is good for somebody. So, verse 27. Well, yeah, verse 27. At this point, the disciples came. They'd been off getting some food, some lamb kebabs, hummus, some pita bread. Get some pita pockets or something. And they come back and they marveled that he talked with a woman because it was unusual. What do you seek? Why are you talking with her? Verse 28, the woman left her water pot. When she left her water pot, that's what I'm trying to get you to do right now. I'm trying to get you to leave your water pot. What do you mean? When she left her water pot, she left a mentality. God wants to touch you so profoundly that you realize that you are a well and everywhere you go, people can get refreshed off of you. You know, I, was, I went fishing and I decided I'm not going to fish. I just... I don't know. I just couldn't get into, you know, sitting. And it's beautiful in many ways, but not for me this year. I just, I just couldn't get my net and stand in the river for five hours unless it was going to really run. And when it really runs, then I want to be giggling, falling out with five fish in my net. But I'm, I'm looking for it to run, and I didn't see it really run much. So I just, like, enjoyed the Lord. And uh, there is a parking lot there at the Kasilov River, and there is this camper and uh, the camper looked like it had been parked there a long time, and it looked like it's going to stay there a long time. Does anybody know the kind of camper I'm talking about? A little foam coming out the side, hallelujah. And on the back window, it said, Hail Satan, and 666, and some other stuff. And actually, it was some pretty good artwork. Uh, it was done by Finger in Dirt. And uh, I just thought, oh. And I just felt like the Lord said, that's not even real. That's just somebody putting that to scare people off. And I thought, man, that's like an invitation to go witness to them. You know, to me, that would be like, I made, a, I made a deal a long time ago. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I made a deal a long time ago. If somebody's going to be loud for their sin and be all that, I'm going to one-up you every time with the love of God. Hallelujah. So, I mean, when I first saw it, my instant response is, you know, just sing a little bit. Well, I think I worshiped a little bit. Some of the people that gave me a look, they're like, okay, pastor, you know, Okay, Dad. Shh. And so I was looking for the opportunity, you know, going back and forth past this camper at the time. I'm looking for the opportunity to witness to him if the Lord would allow me that. And so when we're leaving, which is always my favorite part of the trip, let me, let me describe it to you. We're on the beach. We bring it with trailer, two, two wheelers on the back of the trailer. I've got a... Dodge Cummins Turbo 6.7 straight pipe from the turbo back, and I got it chipped. Come on, somebody say amen. And uh, it's my favorite part of the trip because you have to cowboy out of that place with your hair on fire. Otherwise, you could possibly bury your truck in this really hot, soft sand, which people do all the time. And so it's my one 
great time of celebration where I just get to floor it. Just blow coal and just sand flying. And just, oh, oh, God. I was like, yes! And Pastor Karen, she enjoys it too, but she'd never admit it. Anyway, it's amazing. We blaze out of there. And I pull all the way out, and I, I come up, and, you know, we're just checking, make sure nothing's broken, you know. And, and they're out on their little, the, the Hail Satan people are out on their lawn chairs. And so I went up to them. You know why? No, no, I, I didn't have any track. I am a track. I didn't, I, didn't have any, I didn't have any, like, I didn't have a script. I'm all in for scripts. I think tracks are great. I, come on, Jesus, uh, Paul said, you are my letter. You are my epistle. God's done something for me. You're going to broadcast Satan. You obviously demonize. Listen, I got something better for you than your demons. His name is Jesus. I'm a witness. I can't help myself. Why? Because I got a well. I got a well. I got a well. Spring up a well. Within my soul, spring up a well. And make me whole. Spring up a well. Oh, you guys get it. So I went and witnessed to them, and I, I didn't go leading. I didn't lead them to Jesus, and they laughed at me, and I don't really give a flip. Amen. And their dog, they had one of those crazy dogs, like blue eye and a red eye. You know what I mean? Those kind of dogs are crazy. Hair's all crazy. Dogs comes barking up to me. I'm like, shut up. I didn't flinch, and the dog was all bluff. You know what I mean? It looked crazy, but really, listen, you feed a crazy dog a pack of hot dogs, it's all good. Most of the time. It was one of those dogs that looks like it's going to bite you, but if you have discernment, you realize it ain't a biter. Isn't that right, Pastor Vince? <laughs> and then there was something about the guy that I shared Jesus with. He looked like his dog. Do you ever, anybody ever seen that before? No, he needed, he, he needed healing. He needed healing. I'm not, I'm not you know, his angels see the face of God every day. I understand that God died for him, and I'm making fun of him, but I'm going to tell you, he's demonized, messed up. Needed the shower. His hair jacked up. His eyes are crazy. He looked like his dog. I'm just saying. Am I the only one that's ever seen that? There's something about, sometimes people look like their dogs. I don't know what that's about, but it's a familiar spirit. <laughs> anyway, I witnessed to him. Nothing happened. Why would you do that? Because I, I have something he needed. I have Jesus. What I'm trying to say to you in the closing moments of this service is God wants to move through rain. Pray for rain, praise God. Thank God for the river. But if the rain in the river doesn't make a well on the inside of you, you have missed it. You have to learn to get refreshed and touched all by yourself. There are moments of Gethsemane when there's no one there to pray with you. You asked him to pray and they fell asleep. Jesus, Gethsemane, meaning oil press. There's moments of challenge and difficulty where you need God to blow it. You can't can't get a hold of your pastor. You can't get a hold of your life group leader. You don't come on. Your internet is down and your phone is bust. And God will refresh you. Most people, most people in the church, let me say it differently. There are many who don't know how to really get refreshed on their own. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Many don't know how to encourage themselves. And I certainly didn't either. I do now. But when I first started coming to church, as I said, I was broken. 
keys, please. I was broken and, and distraught. Every altar call was about me. I still go to altar calls. I'll still answer. Do you need to be touched by my answer in that? Amen. You need to be filled. I'm going to refilled because I leak. Hallelujah. Amen. And I can get filled by myself on a boat, on a four-wheeler in my car, in my truck, in my home. So thank God for the church, but you have to let that make a well on the inside of you. She left her water pot. She left a mentality. And Jesus said this. Jesus said, as they offered him, you know, did you eat something? He said, my will is to, my food is to do the will of the Father who sent me. Think about that. My food, my sustenance, that which satisfies me is to do his will. And I will say this to you. You can read all the books. You can go to conferences. You can, you can come here. And, and, and you should. I think you should read the books. I think, you, I think conferences are great. And I, I think going to church is great. But if all of that doesn't make some, a well on the inside of you, if, it, if all of that won't satisfy you. Can I say it that way? I think it's Acts in chapter, I want to say 15. There's a biblical proportion argument between Paul and Barnabas and, uh, and this guy, John Mark. John. John Mark turned on the missions trip and abandoned them. And so now they're going to take a second missionary journey. And Paul's like, we're not taking him. He's yellow belly sapsucker, which is another word for lack of courage. He abandoned us. I don't want him on the team. I wouldn't want him on the team either. But Barnabas, the son of encouragement, Barnabas took him. I think it was his cousin or something too. He said, no, he's good. Let's take him. They said, no. And they have a fight and now they make two teams. So it's Paul and Silas now. And, and Barnabas and John, later called John Mark. John, John Mark and Barnabas go back to Cyprus, the very region that Bar-Jesus manifested that devil. And I think it's the very place that John Mark turned. John Mark was there when Jesus fed the 5,000. He was there when Jesus fed the 4,000. He was there when he raised Lazarus from the dead. John Mark saw all, the, John Mark's probably the guy that ran away naked in the garden. He was there. He was there with Jesus with all of that, the, the casting out the demon of Gadara. He was there. He was there. He was there. The crucifixion, the resurrection, he was there. And what all the meetings, what all the power, what all the display couldn't do in John Mark, somebody taking him under his arm, Barnabas took. It's a picture of bringing somebody alongside and brought him back to face his fears. As I said in my own life, I came to church and I served God and I loved Him and I was saved. I was born again. I was filled with the Spirit. But I still had issues that were keeping me from becoming a well. I had an addiction to relationship. I met this really hot girl. I mean, she was fine. I mean, really fine. Actually, she ended up being my wife. But at that time, she was my girlfriend. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to break up with her. Simultaneously, God spoke to Pastor Karen and said, you need to break up with him. And the word was break up with her because you're in the way of what I want to do on the inside of her. Same word that she got. It took, it took me probably three weeks to obey. Two to three weeks. God kept telling me, she's in the way. You're in the way of what I want to do in her. I love how he does that. He's really, I was jacked up. But he was just gracious because he knew I could swallow it better, so he helped me. You're in the way of what I want to do in her. And so the same word eventually all I could hear, every time I open my Bible, you need to break up with her. Let her go. Let her go. Every time I go to church. And the Lord says, let Karen go. 
You're in the, I mean, you know, you know, does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like every word, everything I read in the Bible, all the worship songs were like, let her go, you're in the way, right? Everything I ever heard is just like, ah! You know what happens after that if you keep resisting? Am I resisted because I was addicted? It's a relationship. Okay, I hated being alone, hated it. And I just couldn't let her go. And what happens if you keep fighting that? He stops talking, then you get a hard heart. And then he'll let you have it, like Romans 1. Some of you are in that position right now. You're like, where's God? He's back where he told you to obey, and you disobeyed. That's where he is. Once you get back, get back obeying. But it was so strong, and she got the same word, and the Lord helped us. She had the same issues. She didn't want to be alone. So we broke up. And in that four-month period of time, the Lord met me. And I'll never forget this is, about, this is about the rain, the river, and the, a well, wells, you becoming a well. I'll never forget, I, was, I think I was home, and I was, I was worshiping, and I was just like, his power was all over me, just me. And I was just like, oh, I love you, God. Oh, I love you. And I heard this phrase, it came to my heart. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob and the God of Daniel. That's my name, Daniel. He became mine, my God. I didn't have any little side trips. I didn't have any closed closets. I didn't have any secret sin. And I was done. I was just done with all that. And the Lord came on me and healed me. Do you know it was then that he brought us back together? And we've been married for 21 glorious years, and it's beautiful. I love being married to you. God is moving in the earth three different ways. The rain, pray for it. Ask for it. Yes, the river, yeah, there's a river here. Be a part of it. But let it work in you to make you a well. Let it work in you. Let the power of God work in you. Get rid of your idols. Get rid of it. Get the stones out of you. Some of your wells are plugged up. Do you get something from the Lord? Stand up on your feet all across this place. Lift your hands to heaven. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're not right with God, you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Not really. Oh, you might believe, but the Bible says in the book of James that even the devils believe, even demons believe, and they tremble. Many people in America believe in God, but there's no trembling. It's more than just believing in Him. It's repenting and receiving Him as your Lord and Savior and then allowing Him to make you a well, healing you. And out of you will flow rivers. That wells, joy would come from wells of salvation, as it says in Isaiah. If you're not right with God, don't you leave this place in that condition. There really is a place called hell. It's to be shunned. And a place called heaven. It's to be received. And the only way that you can receive and, and live in his presence and walk with him and talk with him is by repenting of your sin and receiving him as your Lord and Savior believing that he died and rose again. If that's you, want to do that for the first time or a recommitment, or perhaps you perhaps you just want to be assured. Number three, you want to be sure of your salvation. One, give your heart to Jesus first time. Two, recommit because you drifted. Three, you just want to be assured. All across this place, every head bowed, every eye closed, that's you. You say, that's me, Pastor. Good. The count of three, raise your hand. You want to be included in this prayer on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, 
three, lift your hand high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. My, my, my. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you, son. I see your hand. Thank you. God bless you all the way in the back. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. All the way in the back. I see that hand. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. I see that hand. Thank you. Now listen. I'm going to invite you. It's going to take some courage. I'm going to invite you in a moment if you raised your hand or you didn't, but you know you need to be up here. I'm going to invite you to meet me right here. There will be others that are coming with you. Why would you do that? Because we're going to pray together. Why would you do that right here? Can I do it in my seat? You could do it in your seat. But I've found this. If you can't acknowledge Jesus in front of a bunch of people that love him, you'll have a very hard time doing it in front of a world that hates him. So I don't believe in what, what, are, what are frequently called sissified altar calls. Come to Jesus. It's going to take some guts. So if you raised your hand or you didn't, and you know you need to be included, get, I want you to begin to come right now and meet me right here as we worship. Come on. Come, come, from, come from wherever you are. You raised your hand. You meant business. Come meet me right here. You can put your hands together for these. Come on. 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 You can do a little bit better than that. Come from all the way to back. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, there's people that are coming. Praise God. It's a brand new day. Hallelujah. Come on, you can still come. Come on, put a better hand clap together. Come on. Come on, get right with God. Give your heart to Jesus. Come on, we're going to pray all together. Come on up front, those of you online. Come on, don't stop. Don't stop. It's the greatest miracle there is. Having your sins forgiven. Having heaven be your home. There's more than needs to come. Come on, step out of your seat and come. Come on, come. Oh, you can put a better hand clap together. Come on, come on, come on. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. Right after me. Repeat after me. And if you're, if you're part of the congregation, you just affirm your faith. All right? If you're online... Pull your car over. Do whatever you got to do. Pray this with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Would you lift your hands, a sign of surrender. Leaders, would you please stand with these? Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray. You fill and touch these right now. Leaders, please come. Fill and touch these right now. Break every bondage. Break every chain. Baptize afresh right now. Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, thank you for a new start. Thank you for a new day. Lord, thank you. Lord, bring healing to every part of their lives. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.